So welcome to the Iron Bell Ministries podcast. Uh, I'm Stephen McWhorter here with Joel Gertis. Hello. Awesome. Uh, we're excited to be here and just kind of hang out. We love getting to come in here and do this uh, Iron Bell, at Iron Bell Ministries here, uh, where we just get to come in and we just get to set, about what, set and talk about what God's put on our hearts. Also, you know, key parts of this ministry and um, just things about God that he's highlighting and uh, this week, Joel and I, we've been talking a lot, and we, we saw God kind of highlighting a theme. Uh, and it kind of started for me with a passage of Scripture. I was praying for somebody at a church, and they had a lot of um, things going on, issues where they were leaders were moving and just all kinds of things. They didn't know what to do. And uh, as I was praying about it, I just felt the Lord highlight this bit of Scripture in a way that I honestly... I guess I never noticed this, and it's uh, Matthew 9, and in Matthew 9 it says, uh, Matthew 9, um, 37 and 36, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, few. so pray, so pray to the Lord of the harvest, who is in charge of the harvest, and ask him to send more workers into his field. It was like, I've always read this, I guess, with this like, uh, Okay, you know, hey, we've got something. God's given us this task to do. Now we got to go do it. Um, instead, it's like the, the even this whole thing is like God's like there's a harvest that He's provided. He said, "Now pray and ask me for the other things you need to go do the work." Yeah, the absolutely. There's this great song. Um, I think it's by the Gettys, but uh, might not be. So don't mm-hmm. quote me. <laughs> but there's this lyric. Joel Gerda said this. <laughs> yeah. It must have been me. Uh, But the lyric goes something like, everything that grace asks for, it provides. Mm -hmm. And you're like... (laughs) That's good. (laughs) That is awesome Mm -hmm. that uh, that grace not only um, comes in and you feel like it makes up for your shortcomings, Mm -hmm. but it also accomplishes everything else, too. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, everything that it asks, it provides. Mm. Yeah, really, it's the grace of God, you know? and the word grace, and, and we talk about grace, it's, it's, it's such a catchphrase in church that the depth of what it means gets lost sometimes. It's like something that's been said so much. That it loses its meaning. It, it loses its depth and its meaning, and it's a, it's a word that's so critical because the, the weight of it is freedom. And the weight of it is really lightness, <laughs> you know? Right. The weight of it is that God, uh, in His grace, not only does He say, okay, there's a harvest, and... Though you think you're not qualified, I'm qualifying you. You're going to go. Right. Okay, you need some things, so pray and ask me for what you need. Now, go do what I've asked you to do, and I'm going to provide that as well, whatever you need in this process. It's all me. There's grace on all of it. At no point did I go, here's this thing, now go carry it. And then the Lord at no point <laughs> right. is doing that. He's right. saying, no, here's this thing, now can't ask me to help you continue to do this thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I was reading uh, this morning about the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus mm-hmm. basically said, you know, sell, sell everything you have and go give it to the poor. And then come follow me, <laughs> you know. But right after that, you know, after the rich young ruler walks away, yeah. he says, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Then the disciples look at Jesus and say, how's it possible for anybody to make it in? <laughs> he said, well, with man, this is impossible. But with yeah. God, everything is possible. Mm. And it's easy. For mm. God, mm. and that same same thing with this this passage here in um, Matthew nine mm. about 
you know, pray to the Lord of the harvest mm-hmm. to send workers because the workers are few, mm-hmm. and He will bring workers. Mm-hmm. But this isn't. Um, I think this is a model not just for uh, you know praying for the harvest, but it's like how do we partner with Him in general? Yes. Right. So it's not just saying. Um, it it may not be just about the harvest, although mm-hmm. that is a very critical thing yeah. that we want to pray into. How do we how do we take this model and say, I want anything you call me into, not just to be breathed on. I think we've talked about this before, but yeah. you know, like one of my favorite proverbs was sixteen three. It says, Commit your ways to, or plans to the Lord and they will succeed. And I had always misinterpreted that. And the re- and I liked it a lot better when I misinterpreted it. <laughs> Which was, you're just going to put your stamp of approval on my plans that are going to succeed, right? Yeah. And that's not the case. The case is, he's like, no, I want you to be just like Jesus. I want oneness with you. Mm -hmm. And Jesus desires that we're one with the Father. So literally, our desires, our plans become aligned Mm -hmm. with what he wants to do. And it becomes the most natural thing that we we want to participate in. But it's partnership. So he's literally just like grace. Everything that it asks for, it provides. Hmm. He's like, man, this plan I have for you, uh, I fill you with life. Hmm. We move, we live and breathe and have our being in him, right? Mm -hmm. And that he wants to give us the capacity. He wants to give us the resources. He wants to give us the the partnerships. He Mm -hmm. wants to open the doors. He wants to close the doors. Mm -hmm. He wants to us to see his fingerprints all along mm-hmm. the way of everything he wants us to partner with him in. Yeah. And that's the, I love the partnership picture you're painting there. That's really what this is. The asking of God as you're partnering with him. And that's really the yoke of the Lord. You know, it's like he talks about being, my yoke is easy. My yoke is light. It's partnership with him. It's a, there's a lightness to partnering him because he's really carrying the load the entire time. And even as leaders and of churches or leaders of any kind of situation where I feel like God's put us in and we say, okay, God's given us this thing to do. Now we got to go do it. Come on, everybody. Let's pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. God's given us something to do. And as leaders, I think it's hard for us to go, okay, God's given us something to do. So let's pray and ask him how he wants to do it. <laughs> right. We, we, we're, we're not even thinking about the blueprint. We've, yeah. we've been given the mission mm-hmm. and we don't think we just basically get the mission we run off, you know, this message will self-destruct in five seconds. You throw it away and you just run. And then you're like, I'm just going to go do this on my own. Yeah. And Greg talks about this all the time. Greg Dieter does about how um, at the beginning of the birthing of Iron Bell Ministries, how he's like, man, God, why are you not giving me the whole blueprint? He said, because if, if I give you the whole blueprint, you'll run off and do this thing without me. That's good. <laughs> you will. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the, uh, the yoke is easy. The burden is light uh, passage. And we've all, many of us have heard this if you've been in the church for a year (laughs) or or more, but that when you have a team of oxen, there's a lead Mm -hmm. oxen that actually carries more of the weight. And it's the job of the the other ox to uh, stay in step with that other oxen. Because if you're not, you're, you're, there's this tugging, this pulling, and you get chafed on your neck, you know, mm-hmm. and, this, and it's just uncomfortable. And it's this, this constant struggle of, of, it's almost like dancing. You're like, who's leading here? Right. Wow. It's like, yeah. we need to let him lead. That's so that. good, man. That's great. That's a great analogy. I've actually not heard that before. Oh, well, there's I, a, I'm there's a lead as... oxen. And, <laughs> I mean, and it's like, do we practice, do we put that into practice though? Do we actually say, okay, what are your plans for my family? Okay, great. I feel like I know what your plans for my family are. Mm. Uh, 
how do you want, how do you want that to come about? Yeah. Is it just going to be a work of your Holy Spirit? Mm. Uh, what are, are there something practical you want me to do? Because I don't want to just assume that you want me to go put my hand to the plow, so to speak. And a right. lot of people will use that analogy right. as, you know, I don't want to put my hand to the plow, meaning I don't want to go mess up what God wants to do. Yeah. And um, so, you know, my former life, I would say, um, in the you know ten years ago, I would that that was my mode of operation, my mo. I would get the plan from God, and then I would go try to accomplish the thing. Now mm-hmm. I'm I try to err to the other side, almost to a fault, you know, yeah. where I'm like, what's it look like to wait on Him mm-hmm. and say, I think this is what you want us to do, or me to do, or what for a family or work or ministry. What's it look like for me to wait? and see where you're carrying it and what you want to do. And then, because honestly, I feel like 99% of life is what God wants to accomplish for us, and we get to come and participate in the 1%, yeah. and we feel really good about it. because we and that 1% <laughs> is amazing. And the 1% is amazing. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, that, and so, you know, again, that this, this bit of passage in, in Matthew 9, it's like, you know, the harvest is great, but the works are for you, so pray. Um, just that whole concept of asking him and partnering with him. And, you know, I, um, I was thinking that, you know, there's this situation where we were like godly people, you know, you, you become a man of God or whatever. You've been walking with the Lord for years. And even then you can become, you can assume, well, I know what God wants to do. I'm just going to start doing it. It's true that you are getting to know him real well and you are able to kind of instinctively make some choices, but there's never a point where the stopping and so praying part stops. You know, you, you are always in this place of going, I need to partner with you. You call me to do this thing. And though things have worked like this in the past, you may be doing something new. So I have to partner with you all the time, you know, throughout my life that never stops. And I think about like Samuel, I was just thinking about Samuel was known as a man of God. And Samuel went to go look for the king of Israel uh, among, you know, the, the sons of Jesse and all the people that he thought out of his godly instincts, you know, apart from really going, okay, God, who is it? He, he thought it was all these people that looked the part, you know? So even as leaders, as we're looking for people to come in, or even as people, as we're looking for what to do, we can go, well, logically, this looks like this would work. But he had to go, no, 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 it's this person you weren't thinking about at all. It's David over here. You have to ask me, though, who? You know, who is it? What is it? Because it's yeah, going to be good. so like, man, I, I thought I was a man of God. I thought, you know, Samuel was the man. No one would question his thought, but he was, he didn't know because God had something different. So you have to stop and go, so pray. Okay. God, what do you want to do right now? That is, that's excellent. But you were talking about um, the word that I, comes to mind, like when David was chosen is unlikely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think a, a he, but you know, you, you get all older and you feel like, hey, I've grown in wisdom and uh, just becoming a person connected to God and mm. listening to the Holy Spirit, following Jesus, and you can get uh, familiar. I think the word might be familiar. It's like you've, you, you, you've seen how God's worked in the past and you make a presumption that like that's how he's going to work in the future. Mm-hmm. But the word unlikely uh, is really highlighted for me in that story of David <laughs> because uh, you know his nature never changes. His ways mm-hmm. are um, 
always changing Mm -hmm. on us. And I think he does that intentionally. I know he does it intentionally to keep us dependent upon his leading. And it's not that he's changing his minds. It's just he has infinite ways of doing things. Right. And so we're like, I know your ways, but I only saw one little bit of your ways over here. So I thought that's what you were going to do again. But no, there's this other aspect of your ways that I didn't realize you were going to use right now. So I had to stop Mm -hmm. and go, what are you doing? What do you want me to do? You know, like if you, I don't know if, uh, you've ever experienced this, but moving away from a place for a while and then coming back and visiting it, or maybe you've gone on a trip somewhere and then you maybe five years later you go there again and you're like, Hey, this is familiar. I know where I'm at. I remember this, but then you go to take, take a turn and something's changed. Right. Mm. You're like, it's the same way in life where, um, I think God takes us to familiar places like, Oh, I know that you're going to come through for me here. Mm. You're the God that provides. You're a, yeah. you're a good father, mm-hmm. uh, but he wants to explore, help you explore new angles of his beauty in mm-hmm. that nature of his provision or him being a father. And, that, and that the increase... only way to do that is to have him, he changes things up for you where mm-hmm. he, he's almost like, you know, how water goes to the lowest point, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's flowing and it will always find the lowest point. And he, he's, he is the one that is shaping the path of that because he wants you to to discover him more. So, so he he's changing it, he's shifting it, he's moving things around. He's still the same God. His nature doesn't change, but for for you, the win is discovering more of him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So if the win is discovering more of him, he's like, uh, you you've got to believe that mm-hmm. this journey that he's got us on, that he directs our steps. That nothing's happening by chance. We we might look at something and say, "Oh, that's just a hardship or unfortunate." We use mm. words like "unfortunate" all the time, <laughs> and uh, where if you really believe, I'm in His hands. He is shaping this path for me, for my family, everybody around me, so that we can. He's optimizing the potential for us to experience more of Him and know Him. That is good, and you know it's funny how we can. You know, I don't want to sit here and sound like preachy, like, uh, you know, hey, we've got this licked. You know, it's like it's a real thing. It's an ongoing thing because we can walk this journey and go, yeah, I know God, partner with God, and then get to this place of um, um, advancement, whatever, you know, of in, in his plan and, and be kind of like, ah, you know, I got this from here very easily and not even realize we're doing it. It's not even a conscious thing where I'm going, I got this from here, God, but our actions and our decisions show that we're acting out of our own storehouse, you know, of what we think right. we should do and Absolutely. not do. And even when, especially the scenarios where, uh, you're in a need of something and I'm not talking about health and wealth. I'm talking about the God getting to intimately know the God that provides getting to intimately know the God who says, come and ask me for what you need and trusting that he's a God that cares more than we do about it. And so even for me personally, you know, I can't tell you how many scenarios I've been in where we've got a scenario like a car breaks down or whatever, you name it, right? It's like, what are we going to do? We got to do something. So we start using our own means of going, well, how much money do we have? Okay. What if we did this? And what if we did that? Let's go to this card place and let's go look at this. It's, it's exhausting, like, isn't it? It's like even thinking about it right now, I'm ready to go, you know, run out in the oncoming traffic. But the point is real. It's like, but the first thing is stop and go. So pray. Let's just pray. Let's just see what God wants to do. And let's wait. Let's try 
to not lose our minds. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> I love the George the George Mueller story though that you yeah. tell a lot, which is so good. And hopefully you can tell before you get off because yeah, it's so kind of along that. Um, part of my testimony is, uh, you know, I think it was. It's been some time now, maybe four or five years ago, and uh, I'm at a birthday party for my nephew, and this guy walks up to me. And just to make small talk, and I go, so uh, what's, what are you up to? And I just, like, I was not in the mood to go deep with anybody. So I was, right. like, really wanting small talk. And he goes, well, God told me to quit my job and just go preach. I'm like, all right, I'll take the bait. Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell me more. He said, well, have you ever heard of George Mueller? I'm like, no. At that point, I hadn't. He said, well, he's, you know, an eight, uh, lived in the 1800s, uh, was kind of, crazy early childhood got in trouble a lot mm. but then god just really got a hold of him and um he he went to a had just had an amazing experience with the lord and uh, be, uh came to faith and the lord uh told him he goes i want you to start an orphanage and george is like what on earth an orphanage he goes okay i'll do anything you want because That's i know awesome. i know who you are and so George sets out to, you know, like what we would think to go try to do this thing. And everything he was doing wasn't really working. And mm-hmm. finally he goes, God, he goes, what? it's just not working. He goes, well, you haven't asked. Mm-hmm. You forgot to ask. He said, because here's, here's, the, here's the two rules that um, George Mueller had with God in this plan. Um, from his autobiography, this is what George said. He goes, I, God told me that I had to pray about everything that mm-hmm. I needed. And I wasn't supposed to tell anybody, mm-hmm. like outside of kind of the core, his yep. ministry, right? So he would he would pray with his, you know, the people that worked there and his spouse. But uh, that was the rule. Pray about everything and don't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is if you pray about something and you don't tell somebody else about it, there's no way for that to accidentally get kind of self-fulfilled, like self-fulfilling prophecy, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like. It's like standing uh, in a Walmart really loud and going, I wish I had $10. <laughs> Lord, just please, $10. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> and so uh, time after time, he would get to this point where he's like, hey, this hasn't happened. Like one, he would say, I don't have a place for orphans. He goes, you haven't asked. So the moment he starts praying into that quickly, God provides a free place for him. I don't have any orphans. Well, you haven't mm-hmm. prayed, so God brings some orphans. Well, I don't have anybody to help with these orphans. You haven't asked. Ask for workers, right? Mm-hmm. And that's very relevant for this passage, where it's yep. like, ask for the workers, because there's a good work that I want to do through you. Yep. And guess what? You're not enough to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you're going to be a part of it, but the thing that usually God wants to do through you, He wants to build uh, a people around you to yeah. also facilitate it because there's going to be bring uh, other talents and just beauty to the whole process. So um, <laughs> it was interesting. It was a few months later. I was at uh, my parents' house digging through some old uh, stuff, trying to find some notes from my grandfather, sermon notes when he had been a pastor. He passed away uh, about 15 years ago. And <clears throat> his sermon notes were willed to me. Can't find them anywhere. But I do find this old slide uh, or box of slides from their time where they were missionaries in Alaska. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take these home and look through these. And while I'm rummaging through the stuff, I asked my mom, I go, are there any sermons or like recorded sermons, any Mm -hmm. recordings of him anywhere? And she goes, I've called like a dozen places and nobody Mm -hmm. has anything because he, you know, he goes, she goes, recording equipment didn't really yeah. wasn't really big back then, yeah. <laughs> you know? And 
uh, lo and behold, I get home and I'm going through the slides and I find a cassette tape, Mark 1977, December 17th, 1977 on it. That's cool. And it was him teaching. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause I hadn't heard his voice in uh, 10 years at that point when I, when I first discovered this tape oh, and awesome. I, pop, I pop it in. Of course I go through some tears cause I was like, he was my yeah. hero. And, um, halfway through, I'm literally driving to the iron bell and, uh, have to pull over because I'm listening to the cassette tape. I drove a car old enough to still have one of those <laughs> devices. <laughs> oh, the things that hold cell phones. That's, what, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what is this? It's a cup holder. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> and, uh, he, he's, uh, talking about some of his testimony about how God called him into the ministry. So it wasn't even a sermon. It was just his testimony. What a gift for me. It felt like mm. a phone call from 30 years before that's awesome. that was designed just for me at that moment. Mm. And he goes, I have businessmen come up to me all the time saying his last name was Brune. And he says, Pastor Brune, uh, we know you have needs over there at that church. And at this time, they were missionaries in Alaska. And so these businessmen would come up all the time asking him, what do you need? We know you got needs over there. And he said, I'd tell them the same thing I told everybody. He said, because I based my whole ministry on George Mueller. And I had to pull over the, the car because I'm like, what's he about to say? What is he going to say? And he says, uh, what you pray in private, you never tell a man in public. Hmm. God won't get the glory. Hmm. God will not get the glory if you tell a man what you pray in private. Hmm. You never reveal in public what you pray in private. These these things where you're like, I'm expecting him to come through for this. A lot hmm. of times, like we'll, even now, we'll use social media and other things that's not bad, hmm. or email chains, or you name it, to get the word out. Pray for so-and-so, or pray for this, this thing, or this moment, or this healing, or this... Uh, this thing that's broken and and that's okay but i there's times that we need to ask the lord and it needs to be this one-on-one thing just between us and him because then he becomes more real he gets all the glory for that thing you know i catch myself as a married man uh my wife terry she's like my best friend you know so it's like i'll catch myself when i'm in a scenario and things aren't going well i'll get in a car after something and i'll immediately call her and that's not a bad thing. She's my friend. But the thing I want to do, and I'm, I do, uh, you know, is the first thing I do is nobody around, nobody knows. I'm just going to bring it to the Lord. I'm going to talk to him about it. I'm going to be like, here's this thing. So I'm asking you, God, to work this out. I'm not going to go and nobody knows this right now, just you. Yeah. You know, and there's something about that. It, there's this intimacy and this faith that grows in going to the Lord, bef- not, and, you know, before you go to everybody else and just sit with him and let him give him a chance to be God. Uh, and that's not that we can't, like you said, we, the prayer chains, like asking people to pray, those are good. That's not a bad thing. We should right. be doing that. We're not discouraging that at right. all. But there is this element where we very few and far between do we stop and go, nobody needs to know this but you. I'm going to put this in a position where when you come through, you're going to get all the glory because no one else could know this but you. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's a good, um, it just makes it more obvious when we're, when we're in our um, prayer time a lot of people will call it the secret place. <laughs> Do you have any secrets with God? Mm-hmm. Do you have any secrets? They're just yours and his, mm. you know? And um, I know we kind of like, like this has been kind of a, a podcast. It's kind of like a river, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of moving around a little bit, but maybe we come back to uh, the passage about the Lord of the harvest, because we know like what, what's happening here, yep. what's happening probably if you're listening to this in your life is not mm-hmm. going to, uh, happen unless God brings the people that He wants to surround you with, that He's the one that's faithful to do that. And um, 
So why don't we pray into that? Yeah, he wants to provide for the season that he's brought you into. And um, so we just want to be just like this passage says. So God's brought you into this thing, so pray and ask him for the next step uh, to do, to accomplish what he's called you to accomplish or to provide what you need in this season because he's a God that cares. And sometimes we feel like, oh, that's demanding of me. There's a lot of people that think that. Uh, I shouldn't go to God and insist this or ask for that. You know, I should just go do. But God is a God that cares. His love and his his fatherly love. You know, it's like the the passage in Matthew that says, um, what good father that if you asked him for bread would give you a stone. He's a God that wants you to ask him for things. Um, Absolutely. So, Lord, we just love you. We thank you for being a God that is approachable. Um, that you're the God that uh, loves it when his children come and sit at his feet. Uh, when they come, they sit at the table and they ask uh, for what they need because they know that you're a generous God, that you're a caring God, that you already saw their needs. You already saw um, what they need to accomplish, what you've called them to do, that that you already have seen what it is that is um, coming against them or the weight that they're trying to carry. You already see it, God, and you want to remove it. You want to provide in that season. Um, but we have to be faithful in coming to you and saying, you know, it's like the George Mueller story, you know, you haven't asked. So we, we want to be a people that come to you and ask and believe that you're a God that hears, that you're a God that listens and cares, um, and uh, that you're not a God that disappoints. Mm. Uh, you don't pull the rug out from under us, God. Um, we love you, Jesus. We know that that passage in, in Psalms, I think it's 37, where it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The whole idea of that, God, is that you've become the desire of our heart. Lord, we delight ourselves mm. in you, and you've become the thing we desire, and you're happy to give us more of you. And in you is all the goodness and all the abundance that we would ever need. And so, Father, we thank you. And right now, we just pray specifically in the people that are listening right now. We just pray for um, just the restoration of intimacy with you. Um, the restoration of intimacy with you, God, where in the secret place they can bring to you their, their needs, their, um, their, their hurts, their, um, the things where they need you to break through and come and, and provide or, and come to you, God, and no one else and believe that you're a God that hears. Um, we thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we call you the Lord of the harvest. Yeah. That you are a harvester of souls, that you're a harvester of righteousness, that you're the one that produces it. Just like that passage where I think it says where, you know, maybe Paul planted and Apollos watered, but you're you're the one that causes everything to grow. That's good. You cause everything to grow. So Lord, we just we um, thank you for the life that you're bringing into our lives. That you're the just just by abiding in you, that there's going to be fruit. Just teach us how to abide in you more and more and more. There's this stillness, a quietness. It's a quiet trust with you. And we trust you because you are good. We know your nature. We say you are good. That your plans for us are good. That your desire is to uh, be a father to us first and foremost. That we get to be your sons and daughters. Yeah, we love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, that's it for us, Iron Bill Ministry Podcast. Uh, Stephen McCorder, Joel Gertis. Uh, we'll see you guys and talk to you guys next week. Take care. Bye.